welcome back to the next episode of We Making It. We are on episode three and I'm so excited and I have a really special guest here with me. Can you introduce yourself, special guest? (laughs) My name is Kendra Portier. Oh, snap. Katie and Kendra, back at it again. Oh my gosh, and Kendra, you're going to sing for us. Excuse me. Okay, so before we get into all of the shenanigans, remember that if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can email me at Katie, K-A-D-I-E, smiles because my smile is a very cute, dot N-Y-C, yes. And before we get into our interview, let us remember that we're all reading, Turk, like right now. I am reading Come As You Are by Emily Nagoski. Emily, if you ever listen to this podcast, I'm really sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. Come As You Are is about sexual health for women. It's super tangible. It's a great book, Kendra, if you haven't read it. So let me check it out. I'm also, after I finish this, because I'm really close to the end, I'm going to read Homie Don't Play That. It's the story of In Living Color. If you have not heard about it, it's also really good. (laughs) Yeah, or grew up on it. Uh, I think it's it's also their rise and I think decline from fame. So if you're into memoirs and those things, you should read it. Also, reach out to me if you have any new books, because I'm always willing to maybe buy a book. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So let me know. Let me know. Let me know. Hi, Kendra. Hello, Katie. How are you? I'm good, aside from being late and frazzled, but I'm good. (laughs) I'm good. I got to dance. I'm good. Uh, How many people was in your class this morning, Kendra? Uh, uh, 43. So if you've never taken class at Gibney, Kendra's class is like a, a family reunion is what I call it. All you really it need is, is nice. some like chicken. <laughs> it's not. Okay. So, you know, it's nice in theory, but you got to come. I think you got to come ready. I think you got to come knowing people ain't seeing Kendra in 10 plus years. It's about to be so many hugs. It might be some tears. There's always a couple. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's going to be like six groups sometimes because, you know, everybody got out of space because Kendra's movement is spacious, to say the least. Yep, big thigh movement. You need uh, <laughs> and you're going to get low, too. Okay, so just, yeah, all of the things. But also, if you've never taken class with Kendra, please, please, please come to get me with all the other people that's going to be there. Thanks, Katie. Of course, of course. So, Kendra, what are you making right now? Oh, my goodness. I am currently making, well, I guess my first evening link, which sounds kind of weird. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I've been making small works for quite some time, but this is the first time that it'll be like a full work. I am continuing my color studies. So right now I'm working on magenta. And, yeah, it, it started as like a... Well, a thesis project and just kind of an interest in things that I'm attracted to, but it's turned into this like really phenomenological uh, work. Really, um, it's turned into something very personal. Yeah, um, yeah. Colors like that. It kind of bleeds. It turns into uh, stories and memories, but it also has these like science and math and. F- physics and psychics definitely some left brain and right brain yeah what brought you to well first off you have made a lot of small works what was the impetus to create your first evening length work i think taking myself a little more seriously wow (laughs) can you speak uh, a little bit more about that yeah i mean I, i i think i've been more bashful about making just just because you know as a performer as a teacher you spend all your time cultivating these practices of being together and there was something that felt like a leap for me about taking ownership of the things that I wanted to make 
Um, but at, at the same time, being in the rehearsal space with people that I love, there's nothing better. So I'm not really sure what was kind of preventing me from taking myself a little bit. Yeah. More, yeah, more seriously, or just valuing the ways that I want to move, the ways that I want to articulate the space, um, the things that I kind of want to tinker with. Right. Uh, the rhythms that delight me, um, and also the, the puzzles that I really like to make. I mean, I love any kind of mystery, mathy, like try and remember this problem. And of course, I'm going to like <laughs> making dances. That's so, like that's the um, largest problem <laughs> of all. <laughs> What um, what have what have been some like new nuggets or maybe new colors that have come up as you've started this process? Yeah. Um. Well, color. I mean, color is color is so slippery. <laughs> 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 like, I I mean, I I do think that magenta has something really feminine in it, and I I'm not associating that necessarily with a gender, but something that's deeply feminine makes me think of the the hips are below the hips it makes me think of above the halo um i've been interested in kind of reforming what this other type of femininity would be for me and for others right and not really gender just an interest um and i think some of that comes up from the foods that we crave like the color of a beat right like you want to sink your teeth into it even if you don't like beets <laughs> right know, there, there's right. something about that sensation that that feels really uh, choreographic to me it's really somatic um right i think some of the other interests like you know color has so many shades and has so many uh, different notions of perception so it starts to turn into uh kind of different hues or different colors different shades of the same thing on its own because we have our own perspective uh i would say that one of the things that um or one of the directions that really shifted was with the recent educational work that I did, or educational commission that I did at UMD, which is University of Maryland. <laughs> um, Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah, the, the piece that we made together, I just felt like the cast that I was working with wasn't necessarily magenta. We were working with something that felt deeper. It felt um, richer. It felt a, a little bit more in the spectrum um and what i mean by that is that is not really in the visible spectrum right and so i started calling it violet but at the same time it was something more queenly uh, more regal yeah um, i had a really diverse cast of beautiful people and there, i just felt like us together made a different version of magenta so we started with magenta but it really became this high violet color I think that wow. kind of shifted um, the frequency of the movement, how fast we were moving. Yeah. I think some of the ways that the upper body and lower body were relating to each other were a little bit more aligned than I'm working with in the magenta work that is my evening length. Yeah. Um, so there were some somatic things, but I was also looking for these moments of kind of departing. <laughs> A little bit like what it means for a color to go from visible to invisible okay uh, and for me in that work it started to be about departing whereas in magenta it has this um, idea of after image so the the imprint that's left in the space once the color is gone yeah. which is kind of how magenta perception actually functions but wow so. this is also like very heady yeah, and I like to nerd out <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> you know, get low and nerd out <laughs> at the same time. 
So how, okay, so can you tell everybody a little bit about how you were able to craft this creative process? Because like, I know you as a teacher, a lot of people know you as a teacher. I also know you as a performer, but how did that outside practice support this practice um, in terms of like financial, but also in terms of emotional? What were, like, how did you maybe hold space for yourself or support this in such a way so that it could become even in length? Yeah. Um, I think all of these practices are not just intertwined, they're like braided. Okay. Uh, so I guess what I mean by that is some of the questions that I have as a performer are some of the questions I have as a dance maker, what I'm asking of the performers, and then how to guide them through the material um, as a performer, right. <laughs> as a technician, whatever the heck that means. Um <laughs> Has, to, has a lot to do with the way I teach or hold the space. Uh, I want people in my work to feel good. <laughs> right. And I want the work to support them. I don't want them to feel like they're delivered into, um, delivered into something that actually causes them a rupture. Right. I, I don't want them to feel like they have to put their pieces back together at the end of our dances. Um, right. I want them to look forward to being in the space. I want it to be helpful for us which doesn't always mean you know accolades it just means like really doing the work together uh and I think some of the skill set that I've cultivated with the group of people I've been taking class with is primary and how we're able to hold that space together in a rehearsal right Um, and also I wonder if that speaks to just the reunion that you bring every time (laughs) just because you do make people feel good and I, I gotta say that like there is something special about the group that shows up and I'm always fascinated by this because it doesn't necessarily happen when I travel you know across the country or on the other side of the globe it does but it takes some time rather than here it's not necessarily that these four people these you know Sarah Jeff and Alex and Gina need to all be there right it's that we are showing up together and who's there can kind of shift and blend and uh, new people can come in and be welcomed by this group and I'm always um, taken aback at how many times new people will come in and not just comment on the class but really put forth the people who are taking class right uh, and that feels good. And something it does like feel good. I've also <laughs> been in a couple of these classes, guys. I'm kind of tall. <laughs> Let me be real clear. I'm taller than I feel like most of the Kendra. I feel like we need to come up with a name. Like Kendrites, the Poitiers. The Poitiers. I think we need to keep that. Yes. Okay. We're going to call the Kendra followers the Poitiers. Got it? Cool. But yeah, we be in there all together. Some of us are less spatially aware. And when I say some of us, I'm talking about me. Me too. <laughs> and so you be in there with 50 people and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to hurt somebody. Some Somebody's insurance policy is going to get cashed mm-hmm. today. Always a concern. <laughs> yes. And so I'd be like, Kendra, mm, girl, let me see if I can slide in, which we're going to talk about really soon. But that BDF Bates meets Gibney, I'm like, mm, it's going to be less people. I got that. Yeah. I think that's how I take your class. I'm strategic. Okay, who going to be there today? Maybe I'm going to come through on the other day. We ain't going to be that many people. So I can get a little space. Like yeah. Spread out. But that said, I think this is a perfect segue to you are teaching at 92nd Street Y with Netta and Adam Baruch and Mad Boots really, really soon. 
And the Lovelies, I think, are doing a show as well. Yes. part of it. Yes. When is that? That is not next week, but the week after, the week that I turned 41. Oh, my gosh. We're totally going to talk about that, too. So, but also, so you're teaching there. You're also doing Bates Meets Gibney mm-hmm. a couple of times. And then I actually met you at an intensive. Yep. So, can you take me back a bit to, like, Kendra Not 40 and tell me a little bit about um, your entryway, maybe as a maker and both as a dancer, um, from intensives to now? Like, how did intensives shape your practice? Maybe some things you took from them. Maybe some things you was like, I'm going to leave that at the door. Um, but given that you have such a – I was thinking about this as my as I was walking here. Like, you have such a profound – way of teaching and cultivating space and intensives but how did you get there Uh, (laughs) Kendra's making funny faces the conversations that we have with ourselves (laughs) are the opposite the way we put forth in the public Uh, hmm. well I grew up on a commune oh Um, can you explain what that is yeah I mean it wasn't like a, a you know, like a culty commune. It was just, <laughs> my parents have really close friends and they all lived close to each other and they had really fun relationships. And so I grew up with a lot of people. Okay. Uh, my dad is also one of nine boys from Holland. <laughs> my mom is one of seven. And, and I don't think that's anything really different from other people. We, we grew up with a, a large community and that just, to me, holds a value that community and family can look like a lot of different things. Wow, yeah. Um, and also takes a lot of work to keep. <laughs> right. And, um, so I've always kind of held that as a as a value. Um, I, I think festivals, even since like my ballet days, which I'm always like a little bashful to actually talk about, but I loved how how much I hated doing them. <laughs> I loved being there with other people. And I, there was just a practice where, you, you know, you'd go to your friend and be like, watch me, give me feedback, help me get better. And I loved doing that. And then I kind of came to modern and nobody did that. Like everybody was just like internalizing those feelings rather than being really active and communal about our work together. Wow. Um, and I think, you know, I've gotten, I've, I've, been really lucky to go to ADF and Bates and among other places but I'm going to talk about those just because I know them a little bit better right and it's been a, it's been a while since I've been to ADF <laughs> <laughs> it's been a minute <laughs> uh, but I loved it I love intense training with other people yeah I love putting different um, forms next to each other yeah I love equally valuing all these different forms um I'm trying real hard to train and and learn. Like, I just want to be in more house classes inspired by Abby Zibikowski. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, my friend. <laughs> um, and I, I think there's like a, a, yeah, there's a resiliency in that form that speaks to the way I like to move inherently. Yes. But that's not to say I'm good at that. Right. <laughs> I'm terrible. Yes. But it teaches me, right? Right. Uh, and I think that's something that festivals do is you end up taking a class that you wouldn't normally take. Yes. And you pit it in conversation directly with the form that you're most comfortable with or most right. aspire to be like submerged in or something. Right. Um, so in that, there's the training aspect, but you're doing that with all these different people. Right. In the course of one day, you get to see 
somebody who is just just everything in one form and by the end of the day you have seen them like break the face in something else yep especially at adf yeah and and that to me is a real opportunity for us especially with american forms um that there's this opportunity to kind of elevate or say you know different offshoots of hip-hop or any diasporic form is just as valid and not just as valid is like really intrinsic to what we're doing right now right um so that's, that's something about the festivals that I've always been interested in. Right. Uh, just tying tying them all together. Right. And doing that with other people. Uh, I've had a, a longer and more ongoing relationship with Bates. Right. I feel like I've done pretty much every role there. <laughs> like I've been an intern. <laughs> I worked at the theater once, but I was terrible at that. My friends <laughs> who were there all have stories about me falling asleep in the sound booth i'm so sorry oh my gosh i, I totally yeah, was, was like, it bad work i just was i'm not good at that i love lighting design so the moment i was on anything lighting i was like i'm ready but <laughs> anything moment, else um no put me on sound it was like all no, it's embarrassing were you a counselor too i didn't that's the one role i didn't do i was a counselor in summer 2018 so shout out yeah. if you were there for yeah. the Young Dancers workshop, we hung out. I know you know who I am. It's it's just like such a great environment. Yeah. You know, I, I do feel like Bates for me, ha- it tends to be a place that I feel comfortable going back and training no matter what age. Okay. You know, and I've, I feel excited about that. I feel really excited about the n- new people that are being brought into the program. Yes. Bates recently, if you guys who, if you don't know, Bates recently changed its director in, um, with most programs or any institution for that matter. Once you change your director, you just have a new perspective. And with that new perspective, oftentimes comes brand new teachers. Yeah. And it, it feels exciting to put that also in conversation with the people, the legacy folks. Right. 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 Martha, Shona, come on. Yes. Also, uh, Shona, shout out to you. Like, you have made my running practice one to be conquered with. Yo, I took Shona's class and like did her foot exercises. I got up to seven miles up in, really? in October and I don't like my body's pretty well. I mean, these people have so much information to offer. And so willing to give it in um in a way that feels healthy to that age group and also to my age group um it was i was really 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 thankful because yeah yeah yeah. lida is lida new lida whitfield a little bit yeah yeah and so even like that so to take a show in this class where she's giving me all kinds of skeletons and throwing bones no she didn't throw any bones (laughs) um and then to take a lida that basically says oh nothing's gonna be better than this moment so just deal with it um speaking to your point it puts things in conversation that I think are super necessary to be in conversation. Yeah, and I also, I, you just reminded me that uh, one of the roles is they have an emerging choreographer, like residency. Yeah. And the first year that, not the first year, the year that I had that was the first year I taught in the Young Dancers program. Wow. And so uh, the dancers I had available to me while I was teaching were the counselors. And so that's when I really got to know. I kind of already knew, but I got to know people like Christina Robson and Dante Brown and Simon Thomas Train and yeah, Mary Lockman. If you don't um, know these names, Tristan look Pinky. them up. <laughs> they are a beautiful group of people. And I, I, I single them out because 
they allowed me to get in the studio and play with them. And I feel like they're people, they are people I'm going to know forever. Yeah. And I see them have these really dense um, friendships with each other, each other that are really valuable. And then when I look beyond them, I see that, oh, that's what happens to everybody who goes to Bates is you yeah. forge this community and then that community just spirals all over the world. And then you yeah. come back and it just, it feels good. It feels loving. It feels nurturing. Um, and it also feels like charged. Like you want to work hard with them. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so taking it a step back a bit, what was your favorite intensive? Was it Bates or is that loaded? Because it's well, not maybe even fair to compare Bates to other things. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, my time at ADF was profound because I got my ass handed to me. Ooh, we going to talk about that. Yeah. yeah, I did. I did. And that felt good at that time. That was what I needed. Agreed. Um, I, too, had my ass handed <laughs> to me. Jesse Zaret, I, I look to you <laughs> always. Yeah, I mean, the irony is that, like, that's when I took David's, David Dorfman's class. Yes. Um, yeah, I didn't know I would dance for him, but that's when I like pursued that class, and I took Jennifer Nugent's class, and just got to know them more, um, among others. But yeah, that that's kind of the start of that, and then you know, you did David for <laughs> years you danced later. with David for fifteen years. So. Like, well, I did for him for eight years, but fifteen years later, you know, it it just like. Yeah, things kind of um, were started there or sparked there. And I, I feel that my time at Bates, because it's been so ongoing, yeah. it feels like it's been unfolding in these really surprising ways. Um, I was just at Emory University a couple months ago where Greg and uh, KO are. And I was just like, wow, this really is, I get to be here because I know these people right. from Bates. Yeah. And I get to meet this new community because of my community at Bates. <laughs> right. Um, and I, I, I've learned a, a lot there. I continue to take as much class as I can. I mean, Kathleen Hermsdorf has been a staple for so many of us. Yeah. Her work with Albert um, really is profound. And I, I, I think that there was something that they were doing that also kind of gave me permission to go, well, if I'm going to teach what is a, a form for my teaching that is coming out of me? Wow. Um, what do you think it was about their work that made you feel like you had that permission? I think they cultivate cultivate the space where, you know, she can do, she can ask you to do a walking, just walk across the stage, and you see people feel like they're flying. Like, wow. I don't know if you've gotten to take that class, but I think there's a real there's a strategy in that and there's a love in that and I was interested in finding that for myself and also gifting it to myself um right so like bringing it back to the my own class uh the temptation to teach in in a more traditional fashion meaning you do the plies and the tendus right that's still that's still there and I like to kind of play with that I like to consider uh the way I prepare for class is kind of you know, making a, a just a ton of paint, okay, and then just kind of an, using the paint how I need, right. So usually I'm way over prepared, and, <laughs> and then I don't use anything. <laughs> you know, uh, lately not so much. <laughs> a little under prepared. I got like 
one thing in the back of my head. <laughs> Sorry, folks. But um, yeah, like I started craving a space where I could have some privacy. Yeah. Uh, I started craving a real mix of improvisation and also just getting on your leg to fall off of it. Yeah. I I felt like I wanted a more supple and strong use of the foot, so I better start looking at that and finding ways uh, to to kind of scratch at that that are, I guess, more meaningful to me than a tondu. Not that a tondu is not meaningful, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, like, and I and I say that when we do that scrubbing of the feet, like when yeah. we're like uh, yeah. building the this score called the fire or whatever. Yes, uh, I say that like these are my tondus. This yes. is how I'm considering a relationship of my feet to the floor and my feet to the pelvic floor. Right. Um. Yeah, and so everything else is kind of spiraled just based on whatever my research interests are or what my body needs. Or sometimes when I look around the room before we even start, and I, if I see everybody is like doing the same little like tweaks or the same little cracks or the same little stretches yeah like oh well we gotta we have a collective thing happening yeah um or if i see like everybody looks beat up then i need to start (laughs) making a choice whether we're gonna push through it or if i'm gonna kind of rein us back and kind of trick ourselves into getting moving again right and when once we get over that first little hump we it, it always feels like we could just go and go and go right um and people can lighten up in themselves. Yeah. I, I'm Especially in your class. Yeah, like I, I'm interested in, uh, I, I make these kind of like a puzzle a day usually. Yeah. You know, there's like tricky weight shift directive <laughs> things that, that aren't meant to be figured out. <laughs> and you're aren't. probably in class like, damn it, Kendra. Yeah, like they're not because I, I think it's really important for us to like, just go oh my god there's only two legs and yet this is so hard and that's funny and we can laugh about it while we try so hard to get it yeah and there is nothing funnier than watching a room full of professional dancers like just say to themselves like right wait wait right no I mean wait right left no no it's ridiculous you know? Oh my gosh! And y'all, I'm laughing right now, but I promise in this in these particular situations, I'm like, clearly, I don't have a degree in this. <laughs> clearly, I picked the wrong major. I am not succeeding in life. Yeah, and you look at everybody, and everybody just looks faces turned. You can feel the energy, just like, why did I even take class this morning? I could have stayed in bed. And it's so funny. I'm glad you get a tickle out I of it. I do, I do. But I, I, I do like us to stop right before we get perfectionist about it and just set that aside so that we're just ready to go. Like sometimes it's just about getting the, the synapses to gently fire and to get them to fire before we get neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> you know? What I think is super interesting about what you're saying is, so just to preclaim, in episode two, uh, which is not out yet, but it'll be out soon. But by the time you hear this, it should be out. Um, we talked about mediums. Uh, shout out to Rebecca Fitton. Rebecca Fitton walked around Manhattan as a walking meditation on how to claim land. And it sounds like you two, like her, are brewing constantly, constantly, <laughs> about a variety of things. And it sounds like teaching is almost synonymous to your choreographic process in that Teaching is a medium that allows you to articulate it away, and then choreography is another way for you to articulate. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's one thing. Yes, okay. go for it. Um, 
to the stuff with color. The yes. stuff. I'm just going to say the stuff. <laughs> I pretend like that's super articulate. Um, it is. So I have this general theory that I like to kind of fancy myself with. I just like to think about it and mull it over. Yeah. Um, and it comes out of a response to empathy. Uh, I'm not big on social media, but uh, I am on some things. I just I, I want to be careful about what I read and what I'm saying of every course. day, you know? Um, but I like to think of of uh, of empathy as not as this quiz that you would take on Facebook. You right. know, for a while that was coming up where everybody was like, I'm empathic. And it's like, yeah, because you're human. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's not really, um, a, to me, it's not a, a gene. You either have it or don't. It's like something you work for. It's something that you pay attention to. It's about trying your best to listen to the people around you. Right. And so with color, I was thinking about um, the visible spectrum. It's part of the electromagnetic spectrum. And so, yeah. you know, like microwaves are part of that. Right. All, 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 they all kind of line up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what if we thought of um, emotion as part of these invisible spectrum frequencies that our body is the receptor for? Wow. So we're not necessarily, I know this is sounding really commune, like straight out of the commune. <laughs> I think it sounds super cool. (laughs) But like what if we have the capacity, all those little tiny hairs that line the back of your neck are the receptors for these emotion waves. And so we can feel that. And if we're just attending to those a little bit louder, (laughs) then we can be a little bit more supportive without just kind of calling it, oh, you're empathic. Right. I, you either fill up c- or you're or you're too sensitive. It's like no, I, I'm paying attention, right? And I'm trying to. I'm like working on it. Um, yeah, and then brings up some other, you know, like how saturated are we? Yeah. Uh, if we're constantly receiving this information and giving off this information, how saturated are we? Uh, how inundated visually are we? And of course, that that also relates to color to me. But right, I do like to think about. Oh, well, what if we thought of emotion as this, yeah, part of the spectrum. Right. The visible frequencies. Right. And um, by putting it on a spectrum, in terms of conversations, does it or how does it create space for different conversations? Because what I do, um, going back to what we were talking about with something like a base that has such a legacy or even... Um, something with any larger institution or something that you've done for a really long time, I think the saturation or the access to newer perspectives can get kind of limited because in some ways like physically distant, but also like institutionally you create a certain amount of distance because of wealth or whatever. But if you could allow not only yourself, but these large institutions, whatever they may be to exist on a spectrum, I think you do offer more space to create conversation and I, in turn, think that when you allow space, there is some kind of growth. Maybe be it you like the growth or not. Do you? How do you? What are? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, shifting your perspective, not getting complacent in in what's in front of you, takes work. Yeah. Agreed. Um, yeah, I like to think that I'm trying to add dimension to the way I'm seeing what's ahead of me, which includes myself in that. You right. Know? 
uh, but it's it's hard. <laughs> I hear I hear you. But speaking, which is a great segue to, so Kendra going to be forty one. Yes. Um. Hmm. This is going to be really cheesy for you, but it's like super genuine for me as I am a little cheesy. I think what's super inspiring, one of the things, because there are quite a few things that is super inspiring about you is the longevity of your career. Um, I think when you have, for example, 43 people, keep in mind, y'all, Kendra, I think, has turned out like 50 something in Studio C and that's well over capacity. But we'll talk about that later. But um, that, speaking, but I, I I mentioned that only because that's not super common. Like I can think of people who I would consider to be your peers based on my like faithful stalking. Um, and I know that that's not true for everybody. Not only have you danced for someone for eight years, you've cultivated a teaching practice that attracts people from here and far. Like my little Texas self was like, I'm getting back to Kendra. <laughs> what has what I mean obviously you're beautiful and you're super talented but like you know looks don't get you everywhere what has been what's the secret tell us the jewels Kendra what has kept you what has um allowed you to be able to increase those dimensions if I didn't get nervous before every class (laughs) I might have something cooler to say (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I love what I I do. I yeah. do. I don't love it at like a quarter till, <laughs> you know, or when I first wake up. I mean, when I first wake up, that's more about nobody wants to wake up. Right. Um, but yeah, I I I keep wondering. I just hmm. Practice what you preach is real hard, too. Uh, yeah, I get genuinely nervous before every class. That I'm not going to bring the things that people want to be there for. But I do. I'm not a particularly religious person, but I there is something about having faith in people that I know if I show up and I, I know if I make a mistake People aren't going to take that out of context. They're gonna, they're there with me. Right. Um, do I doubt that before every class? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do I doubt my skills before every class? Yes. Um, yeah, I, I think longevity has less to do um, really with skill and just like, I don't know. It's almost like despite your belief and your skill, the act of showing up is what makes people want to be there with you. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I do feel like that has shifted, though. I remember at the beginning, I, I really had to kind of code a little bit, like pretend that I just was like bigger than I thought it was. And then yeah. that shifted to, oh, no, I need to be strategic about the way I invite people to class. And then that shifted to, no, you just need to listen better. Yeah, <laughs> and, and what do you mean by listening? Listen, like, actually have conversations with people and ask them how they're doing and see if you can think of or design a somatic way through. Like, if you look at wow. um, 
let's say a restorative class in yoga. Right. You know, sometimes you'll go to a class and it's designed just to put your feet up the wall. And then other times you, you're moving, but you really do feel energized by then. You can feel a surge of energy. Right. And I think that's because somebody is somatically attending to which movement comes after the next. Right. Uh, so maybe I need to really think about my class the way that I'm not just designing uh, an exercise, but really somatically what is happening in people's bodies, how many twists we're doing, when we're twisting, how we're twisting, how we're moving through the feet, when we're folding, when we're uh, stretching, when we're kind of uh, being very particular about the movement, when we're just like letting it go and falling, when we're laughing, when we're just honing in uh, how much public and private space we get in the course of one class. Um, Yeah, but really trying to add different dimensions are we always facing front can we be in an actual communal communal circle or can we shift that and go across the room like how many ways can we move through the space together right uh as a way to somatically move through this intention of just maybe listening yeah yeah and then also sometimes we got to do the leg lifts sometimes we got to do Get on the leg. Yeah, sometimes we just got to do the stuff. Get on the leg. And if you're not on the leg, everybody's like, that's fine. Don't worry about it. And you're like, it's totally not fine. Yeah. But, like, rarely do we get so much time as a performer to set ourselves up for the big balance. (laughs) So Literally. Yeah. The vein of our existence. Yeah, I really just want to have, like, a a practice that really is supportive of our various needs. And our various needs means that some people come to class because they need church. Sometimes they come to class because they are preparing for a rehearsal. Sometimes they're about to go to their desk job. Sometimes they just needed to cry the whole way through, you know, and there's space for that. You can feel your feels. That's good. Yeah. Um, And it also sounds like you take that exact same intention when you're making work. Hence the idea that you don't want things to rupture. You don't want anybody to feel like they have to put their pieces back together after a rehearsal or um, performance. Which is, you know, I mean, I love I love the idea of rupture. And if there's a positivity in it. Yeah. Then, yeah, we can go there and I'll I'll help you clean up the pieces. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, if it's to somebody's detriment just for the sake of the work, then I'm not interested in making that work. I right. can appreciate others who make work in that way, but right, that's not me, <laughs> Kendra. That you're just you're just so good. Oh my yeah. goodness, guys! And we got through this interview so quick. I have so many more. Like I have like one more thing. Okay, so you attract dancers that are like l- young dancers, young, young, young. And, and when I mean young, young, I mean like they suddenly mama house. Nothing wrong with being <laughs> in your mama's house. I'm talking about the folks that are technically still legally belonging to the parents. So I'm talking like 17, depending on the state, 16, talking to these people, the people who have not been actually like in the field just yet. Given that you have such a width of knowledge, what is something you often say to dancers in that age group as a way to um, hold space or, um, or while you're going through this somatic practice of like getting them on their leg and then falling off? Yeah, I mean, with younger folks, like, I'm not going to (laughs) talk in the ways that I like to talk or nerd out in the ways that I like to nerd out. Because, I I mean, I recognize that, you know, there is there are ages and and reoccurringly so uh, that I just want to do the phrase. Yeah. You know, and I value that. 
I, I think that for a lot of folks that are at that age, uh, getting them to understand that they need to be um, kind of able to analyze what they're doing mm-hmm. and not necessarily fix it, but do you know where your legs are? <laughs> right, an is awareness. A, yeah, is a huge question. Um, do you care about the people here <laughs> is a huge question, you know, because a lot of folks are coming from studios that um, do have a camaraderie but are also about the uh, a particular type of showiness, yeah. which I think is helpful. And then also kind of building upon that to put it back into the community right. um, is really important. And sometimes just figuring out how it is to dance. We all know that us dancers <laughs> have a hard time <laughs> just dancing. <laughs> I mean, look at the step touches we're doing in class, <laughs> myself included. It takes us like 15 minutes just to relax. It's like the most rigid, like, and I put my right foot here and my left foot goes and my left foot goes and my right foot goes. <laughs> it's like, it's a step touch. <laughs> like my dad's been doing it forever. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Oh my gosh. So, um, yeah, lear- learning how to how to dance and just kind of trying to offer some type of things that will offer them ways to keep them going. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Kendra, so we're almost out of time. Let Please tell the people where you're about to be, because I know where you're about to be, but let them know. Oh, you yeah. go. Tomorrow, I am teaching at Gibney, 12 to 2, but really, oh, further. <laughs> uh, after Bates next week. And then we got the 92nd Street Y. The week after that, I am at University or the University of Maryland as an artist in residence. So I'll be there wow. for um, quite some time. Um, I my new work will premiere next fall. What uh, in the greater DC area? So I'm I'm working on some proposals for a New York premiere. We'll see how that goes. If anybody has any ideas, you can just reach out. <laughs> Please, uh, Kendra, where can they find you if they want to reach out to you? You can find me. My website is my first and last name, which is K E N D R A P O R T I E R very nice. dot com. <laughs> yeah, or you can email me, which there's an email link on there. So cool. Yeah. Okay, guys. So that's it for this episode. Oh, did you catch out? Did you catch that um, intro track? It is by Mike Brun. I repeat, Mike Brun. You can find him at Mike Brun underscore on Instagram. I believe the singer is Kahu Verma. She's super talented. You can also find her at on Instagram at What Is a Kahu, and that is all. So. As always, make it live, make it breathe, just make it. Bye, guys. You say that to kids. Struggling for 